Hello everyone, welcome to Radically Loved Radio. I wanted to create a place where people can go to to get inspired, get motivated, or find some clarity and get tools to create a radically loved life. I will do my best to provide information on a variety of subjects, including yoga, holistic health, life coaching, spirituality, meditation, and overall mindful living. Each episode will bring you some of the world's best spiritual leaders, entrepreneurs, yoga teachers, coaches, along with some of my closest friends, and we will talk about their life experiences and journeys to create something more out of their lives and how they continue to grow to make that happen. Hey guys, Rosie here. I just want to say I am so grateful that you're listening. We are just getting a massive amount of response on this podcast, and I am so grateful that you're a part of this radically loved community, that you're enjoying the content and that you're enjoying all the guests and that you're still here and you're still working on yourself and your journey and your path. And I pray that you've received some tools listening to the guests or listening to any of my ideas or topics on meditation or yoga and how these tools can help you create a life of purpose to continue to help us give you the best content you can subscribe to this podcast and most of the time you can just do it from your phone from itunes click subscribe and write a review this really helps us continue this path and this journey and we love doing it so much and again i'm so grateful that you're here let us know what you thought thanks for listening Hungry for Happiness author and podcast host Samantha Skelly joins us today. If you're fighting food, then you'll relate to the vulnerable and heart-wrenching story of Samantha's own battle. She just recently wrote a book about her journey and her path, and I'm so excited to have had this fellow soul sister on. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. We learn all about her story and her ups and downs, and she gave us some tips on how to identify the things that often hold us back from creating the life that we want. I'm so excited to share this episode with you all. Please share it with your friends and let me know what you thought. So Sam, I'm so excited to have you on. I recently was on your podcast, right? Mm -hmm. You it was such a great conversation and I think that everything that you're doing, I mean, it's, we're very similar in our journeys and our path. And I, I wanted to have you on because I wanted to share your story with our audience and just to ask you a couple of questions and to see what kind of insight you can shine upon us. Is that good? I love it. I'm super excited for that. Okay. So just to give the listeners a little background, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you started Hungry for Happiness. Yeah, so I grew up, I had a very interesting childhood. It was like, it was a pretty like weird slash crazy childhood. I grew up as um, a child actress, a dancer, and then I was a stunt double. So basically like my entire existence (laughs) for the first, you know, 18 years of my life was either on a stage or in front of the camera. So it was um it was it was interesting because when I was going through all of that, um you know I had I had this pressure to 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 be a certain way and to look a certain way and that kind of thing, but it didn't so much affect like my self esteem, my body, my eating habits, nothing like that. And so mm-hmm. when I was eighteen years old, 
I I was like, I don't know who I am besides, you know, this actress and dancer. I'm like, I need to, like, really figure out, like, who am I? Like, you know, it's like that question of, like, who am I and why am I here? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada, so I pieced up from Vancouver, and I was like, Mom, Dad, I'm going to go, rather than go to university like all of my other friends, I'm like, I'm going to go create my education through traveling. I'm going to just travel for four years instead. And they're like, you're crazy, but okay. And so I packed, I packed a suitcase, or not a suitcase, I packed like, you know, a backpack, one of those massive backpacks that was like larger than me. And the first stop was Australia. And so I went to Australia and after a few weeks of being there, I, I started to panic. I was like, whoa, I'm not dancing, you know, 20, 30 hours a week anymore. I'm, I don't have the structure lifestyle. And I started to like, feel like I was losing control of myself, my identity, who I was. I'm like, I don't, I, I, who am I? Like what's going on right now? And so I didn't realize it at the time, but it makes perfect sense now. Like what I was really craving for craving was, was significant because I had mm. lost it. And like, like that, that, that feeling of like, I matter, right? Like yeah. when, like when I was growing up, it was always like, Oh yeah, Sam's the, the the girl who like you know is in Smallville and she's this dancer and she's this and she's she's in that commercial or whatever. And so there was always that. Um, that fed my ego as a young kid, right? Like I didn't realize that, but I did. And so when I went to Australia, I lost all that. I was like, well, this sucks. Who am I? And so I started using exercise as like punishment. I started dieting. I was like, as long as I look okay, as long as I still have this body then I'm still going to be accept- acceptable. I'm still going to have, like, this this feeling of, like, I matter. And so um, I don't know if you remember this, but do you remember that, like, cabbage soup diet that, like, everyone and their mom did once upon a time? I don't know. It, oh, like, yes. Oh, like- my goodness. Totally. <laughs> yes, I do. Everyone was doing it. just, like, yeah, you, like, shove your mug full of cabbage, cabbage. soup until you lose weight. So. Oh, yeah, so that so was, like, weird. the first diet that I did. I was, like, on a beach in, in Australia, and I was, like, okay, I need I need an action plan, you know? I was very, like, heady, very, like, I couldn't, like, plan this out. And so I went and bought, like, a, like six heads of cabbage, and the, the lady at the good grocery store was, like, what the heck is going on? And so I, like, went home, and I Googled the recipe, and I just started eating cabbage soup, and that was, like, the first diet that I ever did. And, um, I just became obsessed with dieting. Like it was literally my full-time job. Like all I thought about was like, okay, what's the next one? What's the next one? What's the next one? Where can we go? Where can we go next? And so, so, um, yeah, it, it, it spun me into this, like I called it my diet depression days where it was like, I was on over 50 diets in less than four years. I was in and out of the hospital. I was just like, did not know how to eat like a normal person. And I like obsessed with food, like just everything, right? I'm like, how many calories are in that? How much do I need to work out in order to burn this off? It was just like so transactional. And um, I was just completely disconnected from my body. And the interesting part was at the tail end of this, when it was like at its worst, um, I was living in London and England and I had my own fitness company. And it was like a personal training company. And so I was completely out of alignment. Like I was teaching people how to be healthy and teaching people, you know, how to like lose weight, whatever. And then, and then I was struggling with it. And I'm like, this feels awful. Like I, I I have zero right to do this. Um, and all of my like, you know, you're a fraud stuff came up, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, and then I realized like, 
me teaching people about exercise and eating is fundamentally not going to get them, give them the results that they want because as soon as they leave me, they're going to go back to their own ways, you know, because mm-hmm. it's a human condition. If, I, if I'm not actually dealing with the emotional issue as to why you're using food as a drug, then I'm not doing a good job. And so I, I actually got deported from England, oh. <laughs> overstayed my visa. Oh my <laughs> I know, I know. It's what? like, it's like literally such a pain in the ass every time I go over there. They, I, like, I, I, Still I like today. So, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. So You're going to tell me about I, that. Uh, yeah, I will. I'll explain that. That's a good, that's a good story. That's fun for the grandchildren. So I, I flew back to Vancouver. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to date boys. I'm not going to worry about my career. All I need to focus on is getting well. All I need to focus on is why am I messing with food so much and mm-hmm. feeling so disconnected. And so, so I did that. I just I just spent I spent three like three and a half years um, just working on this, working on my relationship to food and my body. And after the three years, I was like, oh my gosh, I could finally eat like a normal person. I can finally, um, you know, feel my intuition. I can finally honor my body. I can listen to what it wants. So um, after that journey, I was like, wow, I, I now can see and feel the contrast of mm. how bad it could be versus how good it could get. And that's, that was kind of like that thought was like the birth of Hungry for Happiness. I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to like coach people pro bono. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to like talk you through what I did. And I, I just realized like, wow, I, I actually have a gift in this. And I really know how to help people get through this kind of stuff. And so, yeah, two and a half years later, three years later, here we are. And it's uh, it's, it's been a ride. It's been fun. So that's like the... That's like the little story of the birth of the business. That is so, and it's such a great, it's such a great sort of realization to have in a place where you probably needed it the most, like, and now you can utilize Mm -hmm. those lessons to teach people, to coach people, to work with other people. Like, I mean, I want to ask you a little bit more about the, the process of realizing what was happening, like... There's so mm-hmm. many women out there who struggle with this, right? I mean, it's just like the, yeah. the norm. Why do you think? Why do you think mm-hmm. that is? I, I kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's there's a there's a wide range of reasons. I can I can kind of explain a few of them, um, and I'm sure these few examples will resonate with a lot a lot of people. Um, a lot of women who come to me who use food as a drug are have some kind of sexual trauma or something that happened to them in their earlier life. And so what they want to do is they want to create a physical barrier to intimacy. They don't want that to happen again. Therefore, they're going to use food to make their body larger. So that, mm. that is one of them. And, and when I, and I'm talking about sexual trauma, that could be, that could mean like the whole spectrum of severity. Like it doesn't have to be like the worst of the worst, but it could be even something as something small, and the interesting thing is, is they don't realize this when they come to work with me. They just think, oh, I've got food problems. Sam helps with this food problem. But once we get it, once we get in, into the work, it's like it's actually not, it has nothing to do with the food. So that's, that's, that's one, one reason. Um, a lot of it is, 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 is just purely self-worth stuff. And that's like a, kind of like a, the umbrella, you know, term of, of everything. But it's like, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough as I am. I need to make myself tiny in order to feel significant. That was my story in particular. Uh, like I yeah. need, if, I, if I'm a certain weight, 
then I'm going to feel loved. Then I'm going to be validated. Then I'm going to feel worthy. And so, so they're externalizing a very internal issue, which is keeping people stuck in that cycle of always trying to get something outside of themselves to fill the feeling of lack of worth or inadequacy. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's, that's a dangerous place to be because we're never going to find that in anything that we do. Mm-hmm. Anything. Like, you know this, and I'm sure your listeners yeah. know this more than anyone. It's like, it's like we, we have got to self-generate that, like, self-worth and happiness and no one's going to give that to us and so um i think that that's a huge one that's like we're constantly chasing shiny balls we're constantly um trying to figure out how to fill our fill our fill our you know void um disconnection from the self disconnection from our bodies and from our souls is a huge one when we fundamentally don't know the difference between an emotional hunger cue and a physical hunger cue, and we're, we're confused on the signals our body is giving us, it's very difficult to honor what we need if there's so much confusion. And so a lot of us don't feel safe in our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so we have this, like, resistance to be in our body. Therefore, when there's a the resistance to be in our body, we then can't have the communication to figure out what our body needs. Therefore, we can't honor it properly. And so that's another way that... that we can get stuck in the cycle of obsessive dieting and restricting and overeating and, and, um, and over-exercising. So that's, that's a few. Why do you think we equate being thin with happiness or success? You know, it's interesting. It's like nurture versus nature uh-huh. kind of conversation. Yeah. Um, I mean, we live in a society where we have so much pressure to look a certain way. We have so much pressure to make money. We have so much pressure to be married by the time you're 30 and have your first kid by the time you're 32. And all, you know, Mm. there's there's these structures that are in our society that are very spoken about. And we're trying to fit ourselves into those structures. And because of the the way humans have evolved and the plants evolved and things are evolving and unfolded, we don't fit, like humans literally don't fit those structures anymore. It's impossible for us to. Um, and, and so we, like, there's this, like, idea of what beauty is, which is a very distorted, you know, it's, it's, it's a broken model, but we're still trying to, to fit into that, which is giving us incredible, uh, pressure and stress. And I think with, like, the integration of technology and Instagram and comparison, you know, we're always comparing our shitty day to someone's highlight reel, which creates so much, you know, inner, inner tension and, and, and chaos. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's just a few of the reasons. Well, I mean, this is obviously this is a a larger conversation. And I I think it's one that especially in in the field of health and wellness uh, doesn't really get talked about so much. I think it's kind of generalized, but still, I think it's glossed over and and not really sort of uh, Mm. it's not placed as a topic of importance really, um, that, that I found anyway, it's like Mm -hmm. people don't talk about Mm -hmm. that being so sort of the underlying current of why people want to, especially women in particular, why we want to get fit or look a certain way, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if it's, if it's not something that we can fully embody because there's something else underneath, which is what you were talking about, why we Mm -hmm. create barriers and why we sort of sabotage ourselves. When I was working a lot with Uh, uh, clients and students doing uh, health coaching and and there was always more of the underlying current that was that was the issue not so much what you were eating it's like eat 
eat healthy food, like eat vegetables, have some fruit, like don't eat past a certain time, allow your body time to digest, eat things that are not, not processed, eat clean, you know, those types of things. It's like the general knowledge that everybody knows, but it's, it's the things Mm -hmm. that we do when we get triggered, right? Like those trigger points that, that make us feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm never going to look this way, or I'm never going to feel good, or I'm never going to get what Mm -hmm. I want. That creates those moments where we we're hungry for something else, right? That's it. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I can literally paint a circle on the ground and tell someone to step in, but unless they have an emotional reason why they want change, they're not going to do it. Yeah. And so all of these like diets and exercise plans and, and, you know, miracle this and whatever, it's like none of that stuff actually works. And let me like get into the word works, right? Yeah. Yes. You may lose weight for a month. You may lose 20 pounds in 30 days or whatever these things are, you know, (laughs) promoting. But as soon as you stop doing that because it's not fundamentally sustainable, you are going to gain all the way back plus more. And so the way that I, my, my, like, if I could do one thing on this planet, it's like change, it's like revolutionize the weight loss industry. And what I mean by that is rather than figuring out what you think you should have, and what diet you think you should have based on what, you know, Kim Kardashian or the rest of the world is doing. It's allowing your body to tell you what you should have. And like, so fun, like flipping the switch on that. So, and the more integrated we are into our bodies, the more we listen to our bodies, the more self-care and self-love that we have, the easier it is to create that channel of communication from our body to our mind. And so as I, the, the deeper I go into my self-love journey, the more connected I get into myself and my soul, the easier it is for me to understand what is good for me and what is not good for me. And that is going to be wildly different mm. than your situation, right? So, yeah. so lately, my body's been like, meat's not really sitting well, you know? And whether that's <laughs> like a spiritual thing, whatever it is, it's like my body is telling me meat's not the thing right now. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Got it. Noted. I'm going to slowly eliminate that out of my diet, not restrictively altogether cold turkey, but cold turkey, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But slowly take that out. Right. And like, same thing with alcohol. Like my body's been like, girl, that's not a thing. Like you can't have that. It's not good for you. It's like, it literally is not good for me. Um, to have that. And there's like other things like that, for instance, that I am like, okay, noted, can't have that. That's how, that's how we're going to do. And so rather than me being like, hmm, let me think what, you know, cookie cutter diet I should put on my body, my body communicates to me what it needs and what it wants. And in order to get there, there's this love, there's like a certain amount of work to do, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, to like trust your body again, get your body to trust you again. Like, like work on self-love, work on your worth, because, you know, if we hate our bodies, why would we listen to them? You know, it is a matter of like learning to love your body. Totally. You know, at the end that you, I know that you do a lot of work around trusting your intuition and listening to your body and Mm -hmm. that this kind of work. So, so tell us a little bit about what that sort of looks like for you, or, I mean, you obviously told us an example, but how can the listeners begin the steps to 
finding that or following that? Yeah. So one of the things that I'm, I, I just dial home in a strong way is like, we really just need to be honest with ourselves to start with. Like, really take a look at your life when in, in terms of food in your body and go, how, like, honestly, how is my relationship to my body? Honestly, how do I fundamentally feel about being in my body? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is, I hate my body, it sucks, I feel horrible, that's okay. But we need honesty because without that, we can't have traction. We can't do anything about it. So, one of my biggest, like, wh- one of the things that I really don't like about the body positivity movement is that we have a bunch of people preaching, love your body, love your body, love your body. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful, and I love the intentionality behind that movement. But what about for a woman who, like, looks at that after 30 years of hating her body, and she's like, oh, I guess I need to love my body now. And then so she, like, almost, like, fakes herself into thinking that she loves her body, which she really doesn't. And so I always say, it's okay if you hate your body, you know, but we need honesty because without that, there's no, we can't have traction. There's nowhere to start from because we're constantly in denial. Do you know what I mean? And so that's a very like backwards, like, like if people are thinking like, well, I hate your body. What are you talking about? But it's like, we just need to be honest with where we're at. Um, Acceptance is everything. You know, when we, when we start from a place of like, I'm going to accept what is right now, even though it's not how I truly want to feel and be, but let me just accept what is. Um, yeah, so so I would encourage everyone who's listening right now just to like take some time after you listen to this podcast and maybe just write down, how do I truly feel about being in my body? What does it actually feel like to be in my body? That And that may be like uncomfortable, uneasy, mm-hmm. gross, uh, whatever. And it's totally fine. Like whatever answer you have, that's beautiful. It's like, let's just get a clear picture of what is, then we can create okay, where, where do we want to go? Like, how, how do I want to feel in my body? How do you, how, how do I want my relationship to food to change, you know? So, so just taking like a very clear picture, um, getting into our body, you know, our body is the, the portal to the truth. Like we, everything, you know, it's a cliche thing to say, but it's, just the truth your body has the answers so answers are with it like I'm not going to tell you the answers you are going to tell yourself the answers and and so what what ways can we start to integrate and start to feel into our body I love you know breath work and I love movement and I know you're big on this of course mm-hmm. like how can we move move the energies in our body to feel more connected into our souls yeah. so I would say starting with those two things is like two huge things for people just to start to get the felt sense of feeling in their body because the majority of us are not through our feelings. Mm. Yeah. Why you've worked with so many people at this point and I, and you Mm. just gave us an example of drawing the circle. And if somebody doesn't want to, if somebody's not willing to get in, like you can't really, if they're not willing to change, nothing's going to change. So mm-hmm. what do you, why do you think we make the same mistakes? Like, do you work with people that have been time and time again, they have a pattern and they just can't seem to break it? Or do you have a pattern that you feel like you've tried and tried and tried and you just have a hard time breaking it? Like, why do you think that happens? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I see time and time again is people's resistance to getting out of their heads and getting into their bodies. Mm. Um, and that is why 
women feel so frustrated and overwhelmed and inundated is because they're taking it in, right? They're they're logical. They're smart women. But they're women. They're like, okay, got it, got it, got that concept. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And they're all soaking it in their minds, but they're not integrating it into their bodies. And when they don't do that, then they just got to do more. They got to try harder. They got to force more. And it's like that's not the way we do this. We literally need to feel in order to heal. And when we're not yet willing to feel into our body, we keep it all up in our minds because it's safer there because that's what we know, right? And so when we can, when we can figure out like what is the resistance to feeling? Like, why does it scare you to feel? Like, let's talk about that conversation. And, and, And maybe, you know, maybe when you were six years old, you felt your feelings and your parents said like, stop being so sensitive, stop crying, stop. And, and you, you kind of like took that in as if I emote, if I show high levels of emotionality, I will not be loved. And that was like the story that you made up at a very young age that you've been like reinforcing your entire life. So 40 years later, however many years later, you're like, oh, if I emote, if I show high levels of emotionality, I'm not going to be loved. Right. So it's like, it's like really getting clear about like, what is our story around feeling? You know, it's interesting. I, uh, I grew up as a very, I still am a very sensitive person. Like, my body sensitive to like you know foods. My my I'm I'm emotional. I'm sensitive to energies. I'm an empath. So like I have an extremely <laughs> sensitive system. It's like crazy. I can barely leave the house. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've learned I've learned how to like energy vibe. I'm like, ah, I don't be an energy vampire. So like when I was younger, like I would like I would cry at everything. I got angry. I'd be upset, but then I'd also be super happy. So I had like my spectrum of emotionality was like very broad. And so as a child, my mom and dad would always say to me, they're like, stop being so sensitive, Sam. Like, like, you know, stop crying. Like, why are you getting so angry? And like, it was not malicious what they were doing, but like the way I could see what they were saying made me just like repress and suppress my emotions for so long. Yeah. And it's funny. I was like hanging out with my mom the other day. I'm, I'm at their place right now in Vancouver. And and uh, we were uh, we were going to a bridal shower, and I was like talking about something, and she just started to me. She's like, "Sam, why are you, why do you have to be so sensitive and emotional all this time?" And I'm like, "Oh, dang, that's the shit you told me as a child <laughs> that made me like, like you know stuff down my emotions." But it's just funny, like hearing these things as an adult, the things that we took in as a child that actually created like issues in our bodies. I think that more people need to really do some self-inquiry to find out where these types of things are coming from in general, right? I mean, that's totally. really the basis yeah. of, of this. What um, One of the things I, I like to talk about is about transformation, right? And this could be in the form, not, not, fi- not only like physical, but mental, emotional, spiritual even. And I always say mm-hmm. that to see far, we first must be willing to look close. So in what domain of your life have you chosen to take a closer look? Yeah, in, in my in my life. Mm-hmm. Where have I taken a closer look? Um it's so interesting that like, I'm on this like path right now of like taking full ownership and responsibility for everything that happens in my life, which is like 
really exhausting. And sometimes I just like flip the table and be a victim. But like when I can understand that like my external world, everything about my external world is a direct reflection. She'll just like, even like thinking about it and talking about it is a direct reflection of exactly what's going on in my internal world. Mm-hmm. It like, it, it just, it, it's like, I, I have to take responsibility for every single interaction and every person that comes into my life is there for a reason to teach me a lesson. It's all divinely created and I'm creating it. Like I am co-creating this masterpiece with the universe. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to play the game? How am I going to play the game? Because if I'm going to be a victim and I'm going to have to just choose the unfolding of what is, life's going to suck. But if I play the game properly and I understand like everything's an opportunity, everything's a learning lesson, everything's a reflection of my inner world, and I truly own that and take responsibility for it, although painful at times and highly exhausting, it allows me to have so much ease with life. Mm. So so I, I always ask my clients, like, how are you playing the game? Like, how are you actually playing the game? Because really, life is just a game. That's like, we're, we're here for a very short amount of time. That's it. We only have this one life. And then, well, I don't know, maybe we have other ones, but who knows? Whatever. All I know right now is like, I'm here right now. And um, how I, you know, when I die and my energy goes elsewhere, that's another story. But for right now, in this physical human form, how am I playing the game? How am I showing up every single day? And it's not always easy you know it's not always easy to take full responsibility for the things that happen and the conversations that we have and the triggers that we that we go through but like we have to understand that this is all happening for the greater good yeah oh that's so that's so good how did you get to be so wise (laughs) sam how tell us oh gosh i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny in some areas of my life Oh God! If you followed me around with a camera, you'd be like, "I cannot believe you just did that." <laughs> then <laughs> I'm like really good with like emotional intelligence, so like ask me to cook a meal, and you'll probably die. <laughs> well, no, I mean that's that's hilarious, but that's I think just part of us being evolving human beings. I think that the the minute that we think we have it all figured out or we say we have it figured mm-hmm. out, we have no idea what we're doing. So yeah, exactly. that's always been a, a, something that I've, I've found. What has been the biggest lesson in your life? I'm curious. Mm, oh, that's a great question. Oh, fall in love with as many things as possible and don't be attached. You know, like that, that's the lesson that I'm still really working on. It's like, how can I fully just fall in love with this person, this situation, this whatever, and be so present and open to what's going on right now and not being attached, it being like that forever. And that for me, like I can even feel anxiety in my stomach when I say that because when when it's like, when things are really good, you're like, oh, I just want this forever, whether that's like a relationship or the way business is going or um, I don't know, whatever, you know, like, like, whatever it is. Um, but my work right now is like, how can I, because before I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I love this, but I'm going to withhold myself and not give myself fully to it because what if it gets taken away from me? With, um, fear of abandonment stuff definitely like runs in my body somewhere. Mm. And that's why I have these like tendencies, right? It's like, and so my work right now is like, Fully surrendering, fully loving, fully falling in love with whatever makes me feel good and not, and just appreciating it for what it is in that moment, knowing that 
it could change in five seconds, you know? And, mm-hmm. and whether that's like, it sounds so silly, but whether that's like enjoying a cup of coffee or like falling in love with a man or whatever, whatever it is, it's like that, that, that idea of like non-attachment is like my work. And it's really been like the most profound lesson in my life. And it's allowed me to just be open and receptive to what is and just allow more beauty and love to come into my life, knowing that yeah, it could, it could leave tomorrow and that's okay because there's going to be more coming. Well, that being said, what are some words of wisdom that you live by? Oh, um, I'm man. getting all so the good just, ones. I'm getting all yeah. the good ones. <laughs> I would say just like eat as many tacos because tacos are awesome <laughs> and they make you happy. So, <laughs> Are we related? I need to check to see if we're related. I, think we I, I literally, I, 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 I seriously think you are. We are. When we spoke on my podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, I love you already. Um, Yeah, words of wisdom. I think. Oh my God, this is like, this is like such a great question. You know, the more I realize how life works, the the more I believe in magic, truly, like we do live in a magical existence and there is so much more that is happening that does not meet the eye that is profound and, and we feel it, right? We just, yeah. we just, we just feel it in our, in our existence. We feel it in our bodies. And the, and the beautiful thing is the more open we are to that happening, to that magic happening, to those synchronicities happening, the more that they happen, the more that we see them and, um, call it spirit, God, universe, whatever does not communicate through words per se, but communicate through signs and energy, energies and synchronicities. And so, so just being open to that stuff and also, we have, we see more of that when we're more connected to ourselves. And so, that question that I said is, what is your honest relationship to your body? What is your honest relationship to yourself? Like, you know, for those listening, I mentioned fear of abandonment, but like fear of abandonment is a very run, like I, I think 80% of my community has this when we talk about it. Um, but we can never abandon ourselves unless we consciously do it, you know? And and I I abandoned myself for years. I was I abandoned myself. I thought I knew better. I tried to, you know, logic my way out of situations. I betrayed my body. I hated my body. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. Coming back into the self is like literally like coming home. Like I I feel at home again. And it's like it's crazy to even like if, if someone wants to play this podcast to me like four years ago, I'd be like, I don't know who that is because that's messed up. Like, there's no way you're going to feel that. But I do. And and so I want to, like, really speak to the people who don't feel that. Mm-hmm. We all have it in us. It's, it's so inherent. It's how we're fundamentally supposed to live is in our bodies at home connected to self. And we've become so disconnected from the self that it's creating so much tension, animosity, and chaos in our lives. Not just in our personal lives, but in the world. Um, so to wrap it up in a pretty little bow, <laughs> coming back to the self allows us to see more magic in the world because we're open to it. When we're connected to ourselves, we're not pessimistic about the world. We can be open to it and um, just have more of like a profound understanding of how the world works. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's <laughs> so, I mean, and this is like taking a life of self-inquiry and asking the right questions and just your own intuition to come to this place. So I, I thank you for that and I appreciate you for that and for bringing that into the world and for working with people and, and letting them 
yeah. get in touch with that. Um, mm-hmm. It is my pleasure. It's, you know, part of, part of this too is, is this idea of, you know, you, you said this earlier and you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to say something that in, in a sense, I, I work the same way. It's like, I'm not going to tell you something you don't already know, right? You're like, you already have yeah. the answers. Uh, and it's really about getting in touch with that, that voice, that wisdom yeah. within each of us yeah. to listen to that yeah. voice and not the voice that's spewing out negativity. Um, yeah. 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 I think like, I, I, I tell my clients this sometimes and it's like kind of interesting. I'm like, I'm like, stop consuming my content. Stop listening to my podcast. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, I don't give this advice to everybody, but like sometimes, you know, it's necessary because they're like, when's the next podcast coming out? When's the next book coming out? What do you think about this? And I'm like, I want you just to stop relying on me for your happiness for a moment. And like, I literally don't have the answers you do. So there's nothing that I'm going to say that's going to be, any more profound than what comes from your own body. Right. So. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So I always like to ask this question because I feel like during our teenage years, we go through these pivotal moments and sometimes we look back and think, oh, if only I would have, you know, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that likes to mm. uh, should all over myself or like dwell on the past. But, mm. but I do like to ask the question, what advice would you give your 15-year-old self? Mm. Mm. Stop dyeing your hair platinum blonde. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was... <laughs> it was so oh, bad. So um, I am a recovering perfectionist. So Ooh. when I was 15 years old, I... Oh my God. Like the mask of perfectionism is heavy, y'all. It is so frigging heavy. And when I was 15 years old, I was, I tried to be so perfect. I wanted to be the best actress. I wanted to be the best dancer. I wanted to be the best dress at school. I wanted to have the best platinum blonde highlights. I wanted to, you know, date the, the, the best looking guy in school. Like I was such a perfectionist. I would not let myself be messy. I would not let myself be like unfiltered or unedited. And now I'm like the complete opposite, which feels, well, actually, no, I'm not the complete opposite. I lie. I still have perfectionist tendencies, but I like have that shit on lock and know that I'm doing it and I'm really yeah. working on it, but it is, it's come leaps and bounds since I was 15. Um, and so I would, I would just have, I would sit her down with a nice cup of chai tea and I'd be like, look, you are hustling for your worth right now and all of these things that you're doing outside of yourself, find the peace inside your body. Find the worth inside your body because that's where it is. It's not in this gorgeous boy that you're dating in your platinum blonde highlights. Like, find it <sighs> elsewhere. And so, like, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the conversation I'd have with her. She was a cool chick. She just tried way too hard. She tried way <laughs> too hard. So say, <laughs> saying that and knowing that, what advice would your 65-year-old self tell you now? Oh, that's so good. Okay, so I had this idea yesterday. Um, and whoever's listening, I don't care if you steal it because I might not do it anyway. But, um, <laughs> I, I want to create a podcast or, like, an Instagram account or a YouTube channel or something called, like, Ask Your Gram. Like, and it's, like, about, like, I just interview grandmas and talk about, like, the advice that grandmas would give, like, us, like, you know, 
20, 30, 40 year olds. Anyway, so my 65 year old self. Oh man. Okay. Hang on. I just got to think about what I'm going to do when I'm 65. I'm going to put myself in those shoes. Oh my goodness. 65 years old. I'll be married. I'll probably have, you know, a litter of children. Um, you know, you know what it is here, here, here's the deal right now. I work extremely hard and I have a big mission and I, I work on it every single day, but I put so much pressure on myself. Like, I really do. And everyone in my life, I have an incredible support system. And they're like, Sam, you don't have to work so hard, you know? And yeah. I, it's like, it makes me, it, it makes me emotional even, like, <sighs> even, even sharing this. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I work my freaking can off, like, constantly. Like, even last night, I was at a rehearsal dinner for my girlfriend's wedding. And... I noticed myself at the rehearsal dinner for her wedding obsessing over my fucking funnel, you know, like, like I'm like, okay, I have to, I have to make sure that the female goes there and the female goes there and I have to make sure that like this team member is doing this. And I'm like, come on, like, that's crazy. And so I like checked myself. I was like, Hey, you know, like just breathe, just be present. Just look these people in the eye. Like these are your best friends in the world who you don't get to see very often. Who gives a flying F about your funnel, you know? And so I, I, <laughs> I know this. And even like, even my, even my today self would tell my last week self this same advice. You know, it's like, trust the flow. Everything's happening perfectly in perfect timing. Don't hustle and force it so much. It's all happening for you. And like the, like I, like I, I fundamentally know this, but I, I, that's the advice my 65 year old self would give this version of me because like I'm a hustler to a fault and I'm really trying to shift that because it's like I have this huge mission I know I I'm going to help millions of people I know I have a lot of responsibility you know I have a team I have a team that works for me I've got all my clients and it's like there's a lot going on and I know I'm so unconditionally supported by the universe that like it doesn't matter if shit hits the fan it's still gonna be okay so there we go Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> Sam, you're the best. I, I appreciate you. And just Aww. as I ask all of my uh, guests on the show is how do you feel radically loved and what do you radically love? Oh, that's so good. Okay. So my love language is acts of service. <gasps> so anytime someone does anything for me, it like literally my heart like explodes. Uh, It's like the best feeling ever. Um, You know, even if like, you know, someone takes my car and fills it up without me knowing, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like you, that, that makes me feel so good or like whatever it is. So that's, that's how I feel radically loved. How I radically love is um, I'm, I'm like literally obsessed with humans. And so I just love, listening and and I just love loving people in person you know I love like asking questions and I love like getting into their stories and I love like like really hearing them and really feeling them and that for me is like my greatest expression of love and like people um, the feedback I get from a lot of people who I meet they're like I've never had a conversation with someone who gave a shit as much as you do and was as present with me and I'm like that feels really really good and like that makes me feel really good like being that because like it's it looks like I'm not doing it to for any other reason but because I love it you know yeah, I just yeah, love it even, yeah. even like this morning you know I was I was at Starbucks and I'm like grabbing my coffee and like having a conversation with a barista and like I'm like genuinely interested in 
what she's doing in her life because it's so radically different than mine. And it's like, you know, having, it just gives me perspective, you know, like it gave me, it gave me this moment of like, I get to have like, you know, a two minute conversation and really get insight into your life, which is radically different from mine. And it just puts everything into perspective. So yeah, that would be my answer. I love that. Wow. Thank you so much. That's so good. Sam, where can these listeners get all of your information? Tell us where to go. How can we get in touch with you? I know you've got some great, like some great information on your website and videos and stuff. So I'm sorry, you, you go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the majority of everything is on hungryforhappiness.com. And then we're pretty active on um, Instagram as well. So at Hungry for Happiness is is our what's that thing called handle? And then at Samantha Skelly is like my personal one, mm-hmm. where I basically just like take my feelings and put them on paper. It's not really it's not really food and body stuff. It's more so like my my journey through this existence. <laughs> so um, so you can follow follow both on there. Wow. Okay. That's great. And all of those links will be on the show notes. So if you're listening to this, uh, if you just click info, all those links will be on there. So you can just click on them and you can get in touch with Sam and everything that she's doing. And you listen to her podcast and just how amazing and incredible she is and how gifted we are to Mm -hmm. have her not only on this podcast, but just on this planet. Oh, you're so sweet. I you're love you. So I love you. You're the best. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being here. You are so welcome. It's a total pleasure. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I am so excited to continue to do this. Please share this with your friends. Email us, message us on Instagram at Rosie Acosta or on Twitter at Rosie Acosta. Subscribe on iTunes, write a review. We love doing this, so please help us continue to keep this podcast going. Thanks for listening.